join me in prayer. Father, we, we thank you for the privilege to openly worship you, to openly remember. Lord, to, to walk the steps, the pathway that you did, Jesus, over 2,000 years ago. As we anticipate your coming again. We pray tonight that the example that you set, the truths that you proclaim, Lord, would be clear. Lord, but they would, they would penetrate to our hearts. Deep in our understanding, Lord God, move us. Move us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. It was now the day before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He had always loved those in the world who were his own, and he loved them to the very end. Jesus and his disciples were at supper. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, the thought of betraying Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him complete power. He knew that he had come from God and was going to God. So he rose from the table, took off his outer garment, and tied a towel round his waist. Then he poured some water into a wash basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter. Are you going to wash my feet, Lord? You do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Never at any time will you wash my feet. If I do not wash your feet, you will no longer be my disciple. Lord, do not wash only my feet then. Wash my hands and head too. <laughs> Those who have taken a bath are completely clean and do not need to wash themselves, except for their feet. All of you are clean. All except one. Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. That is why he said, all of you except one are clean. 
After Jesus had washed their feet, he put his outer garment back on and returned to his place at the table. Do you understand what I've just done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. And it is right that you should do so because that is what I am. I, your Lord and teacher, have just washed your feet. You then should wash one another's feet. I have set an example for you. So that you will do just what I have done for you. I am telling you the truth. As we see in the video here, it puts into action what John starts off with in chapter 13, the feast of the Passover, and we see the washing of the disciples' feet. Let me provide some context. The Passover feast goes back all the way into this time in the Old Testament, over a thousand years prior to Jesus, when the Israelite people were in Egypt And they needed to be set free. One final catastrophic event was brought upon Egypt. And that was death. Death of the firstborn. And the only way a home would be saved is if a perfect lamb, a lamb without blemish, is what it said, was killed and its blood was wiped on the door of that household. Death would pass over. And so from that point on, that plague was what turned the tide and and liberated Israel, the people of Israel from Egypt, from bondage, from slavery. And from that time on, the Israelites were called to remember, remember this deliverance, remember this event, the blood of the lamb that saved them. Over a thousand years later, still celebrating now jesus comes and it's not surprising that it's on this night it's on passover night the night of the passover feast when they would be eating the lamb that was slain that jesus is the fulfillment of this passover that death death would pass over those who are covered by his blood John doesn't delve deep into the, the, the significance of Jesus fulfilling the Passover. Instead, he shows us a deeper character of Christ, his glory in humility. He speaks of having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. And in this scene here, we're going to see Jesus loving unrelentingly, loving completely his disciples. John chapter 13 is, is if you will, a, a switch in, in this downhill momentum that ends in the cross. What we see here in the foot washing, Jesus will fully realize in the cross his humility, his humiliation for our sake. He loves us completely. He loves us unrelentingly. But we need to try and step into the cultural shoes of that time to appreciate what we've seen here on the screen. 
and what the word shares of Jesus getting up as they're laying around this table. And he takes off his cloak, wraps a towel, gets on his knees and begins to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, feet washing was necessary in this time. You have any kiddos in the house here? Why do you suppose they needed to wash feet? Anybody have any ideas why they needed to wash feet? Anybody? We got any farmers in their house who are around cows? What do cows do? What if they give milk? Yeah. What else? What do they do, Kenny? They poop. They poop. They do. You see... Back in Jesus' day, they didn't have closed-toed shoes like we have. They wore sandals, flip-flops, chacos. I'm sure Jesus wore chacos. They wore sandals. And they walked, and their streets weren't with concrete. They were dirty. And they didn't have cars. They had horses. And they walked their animals, their oxen, and their cows, and their sheep, and and the streets were filled with not just dirt, but with poop. It was really dirty. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Eli. It's stinky. If they didn't wash their feet, it'd be yucky and they'd be stinky. Who likes stinky feet? Nobody likes stinky feet, right, Simon? Nobody does. So they had to wash Feet. That was just a necessary thing to do. But who washed the feet? Well, normally this was done by a servant in the house. Or by a child. By women. But it was not done by the men. And it was not done by a person of honor, a teacher, a leader. Someone who was older. This was never done. In fact, never in Greco-Roman or Jewish literature is there ever recorded a time when an elder or a a special person washed the feet of someone who was inferior. Never. So when Jesus, he took off his cloak, this would have been The disciples, as you could see, they were Minnesota nice, kind of embarrassed, right? They didn't talk. They were like, oh my. It was inappropriate. It was very uncomfortable. The room, the temperature changed. As Jesus disrobed himself and then began to wash their feet. Begin to feel, try to step into this discomfort. You know, it's like, kind of like we have one of, some of our, our, our older women in the house here, like Rita and Anna and others and Barb. And I have to be careful who I say is older. <laughs> Courtney. I mean, it would be like one of our wonderful senior ladies opening the door for one of our teenage boys to go in first. Many of us would grab that teenage boy and slap him around a little bit. 
Like, no, you don't go in. You, you make sure you let her go first. That's inappropriate. You don't let that happen. That's, that's dishonorable. What Jesus was doing was so culturally inappropriate, so uncomfortable. It's hard for us and for those who have been part of a Western American culture because we squish our social status. We don't have honor for authority. We don't have honor for, for, for the elderly. We lack that in our culture. So, so we don't appreciate this sense of shame and honor, which is deeply part of the spiritual culture, the religious culture, the ethnic culture of that time. And so it's deeply uncomfortable. Jesus is on the floor. He should never be that low. He should never have his garment off. And they should be the ones serving him. What he says is, you don't understand what I'm doing. And when he comes to Peter, of course, Peter doesn't have a filter. Peter says what everybody else was thinking. He's not Minnesota nice. He says, you'll never wash my feet, Jesus. He's speaking to, to, to the shame, honor, nature of what's going on. It was inappropriate. What Peter is saying is, is, a, is truly appropriate. But he doesn't understand. Jesus has something so profound to share. And, and, and Jesus follows up saying, if, you, if I do not wash you, you, you don't have any part with me. What Jesus is is, is, is alluding to is not, it's not the, that his feet are so stinky and dirty that you're going to have to go outside if I don't wash you. What Jesus is alluding to is, I, I need to wash your soul. You've got a problem of sin and brokenness, self-centeredness and pride. You can have no part of my family, my inheritance, my community. You can have no part of the fellowship with God, the Father with me. You, you can have no part of this unless I wash you and you're clean. You need to be made clean. And I'm the only one who can do it. His, his humiliating, humble expression of washing their feet was to show and, and foretell what, what could not be perceived by the mind that, that he would die in the most horrific and humiliating way as a criminal on the cross. That we would, our saving isn't external, it's internal. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Have you been washed by Jesus? Have you, has your soul, has your heart been washed by Jesus? He invites you to come to let him serve you. Jesus goes on to explain at the end of the scene that we saw there and at the end of the passage in verse 14. 
If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, then you also must wash one another's feet. So there's two levels here. He needs to wash us of our sin, but he also shows us the example of how we, those who follow Jesus, how he changes this world and flips it upside down is that we are to humble ourselves. We're not to seek to lift ourselves up. We're not to seek to survive by being stronger than we are to thrive by lifting up others like Jesus did. We're going to have a demonstration of foot washing. And, and in this demonstration, serves the purpose for, for you to, to receive. To sit in the discomfort of, of God, your king, came and he stooped down to wash you. To sit in the uncomfortable moment, the awkwardness, the inappropriateness of it. And to put yourself in the disciples' shoes as we wash Anna's feet and Rosalind's and Neil's feet. And to receive from Jesus. Vicariously put yourself in that position. Receive from Jesus. Him serving you. Him washing you. And at the same time consider... Lord, who is it that I need to serve? How is it that I need to get on my knees and serve others and lift others up? Whether it's seeking to do good, seeking opportunities to bless instead of be blessed, forgiving someone.